place. Speak a word in due season in the hearts of all under the sound of my voice. Give us ears that we might hear what you have for us this day. We give you praise for articulation of your heart. We thank you, Lord, that we believe that we received the ministry of the gifts of the Spirit as well this morning. And we thank you in advance for everything that you'll do. And we'll, for it, we'll give, be careful to give you all the praise and all the glories. In Jesus' name we pray. Everyone did say amen. Let's make this confession of our faith. Say, Father, I've come to receive revelation, wisdom, and understanding from your holy word. And I fully expect the Holy Spirit to bear witness with my spirit concerning revelation of the word and how to apply it in my life on a daily basis. I'm a doer of the word and not a hearer only. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. This is the day the Lord has made. We'll rejoice and be exceedingly glad in it. I have been tasked in this section. We are talking in terms of the formula uh, out of 2 Peter chapter number 1. But in this particular area of teaching, the Lord has tasked us to be able to or to begin talking about this area of the favor of God. Now, in a level of transparency, I, I was looking at some of these things and I said, God, I don't necessarily feel favored <laughs> at times. God, there, there's so many things that, that are happening and, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't feel favored. <laughs> I don't feel like you are smiling on us per se. And one of the things that God began to minister to me is that's exactly why we are ministering these things to you this morning. Because faith is not about what you feel. It's not about what you even can see or perceive with your senses. Faith is to believe God when you don't see it. It's believing God and taking him at his word when nothing in manifestation would say this is happening for you. To believe when God says, I favored your life, then he means what he said. One of the things that you got to understand is, you know, we cause we looked at this in the midweek with Joseph. Joseph, the Bible says that he was favored of God in the midst of jail. But he's in jail. He's favored, but he's in jail. God's hand is on his life, but he's in jail. I submit to you, he didn't feel like he was favored at all. If anything, he probably felt like, you know, God turned his back on him. He was favored of his father, and his father loved him greatly. But his brothers couldn't stand him and put him in slavery. Now here he is having gone from being a son in the presence of his father to now being in jail with criminals and he hadn't done anything. I can imagine Joseph sitting in jail looking out the window some days and saying, God, what in the world? You gave me this dream, you gave me these visions and I don't see anything. But yet the Bible says he's favored. Favor doesn't always look the way you think it looks. Not in the beginning sometimes. That's the reason why I've said in the past that the nature of favor can be apparent, it can be obvious, but it can be vague 
The Bible said he was favored of God, yet he's still in jail. That he's finding promotion from God in a circumstance he preferred not to be in. The favor of God is something that we need to get hold of and understand. And so the only way we can get hold of it is to look at what the Bible says concerning favor because faith comes by hearing and hearing from the, or by the word of God. Proverbs chapter 13 and verse number 14 says, the law, verse 15, let's just get right there. It says, good understanding giveth favor, but the way of the transgressor is hard. Good understanding in and of and by itself gives favor. But the way of the transgressor, the one that's breaking God's law, he says is hard. Let's look over, if you will. Let's turn over to Psalms 84. The way of the transgressor is hard. Psalms 84. And we're going to see how this fits together. Psalms 84. And let's look, if you will, verse number 10. Psalms 84 and verse number 10. And it says, For a day in thy courts is better than a thousand. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. A doorkeeper. He says, a day in your courts is better than a thousand. You know, a lot of times, you know, I'll say, the, yes, sir. There's a lot of conversation these days about this new Beyonce song called Church Girl. <laughs> now, I'll be honest with you, I don't follow Beyonce, so I didn't know what in the world they were talking about. I don't listen to her music on a routine or regular basis at all, so I, did, I didn't know what the lyrics were, but I kept hearing people talk about Church Girl, this song called Church Girl. So all Christians come out with pokes about Church Girl. And so I had to look. I was like, what's going on here? Let's, what, what are they talking about? So I pulled up on YouTube uh, what the, the lyrics are and with her singing. And one of the things I've discovered with this song, Church Girl, is that she wasn't singing about somebody that was a church girl at all. She was singing about a church visitor. Because you can't live this kind of life and be somebody that is in the kingdom of God. You cannot live the life that she defines within the song and be somebody that is indeed sanctified and living an obedient life. She, he, she wasn't talking about no church girl, even though that's the title of it. She was talking about a lot of the church visitors that show up at church and act like Christians when in reality they ain't born again at all. They have two lifestyles. They are divided in their soul as far as whether or not they're going to be committed to God or committed to the world. And I submit to you that God says you can't do that. You can't be double-minded. You've got to be all in with me or out. And so the controversy, if you will, concerning this particular song to me, is easily remedied just by the fact that if you listen to the song, she's not talking about somebody that is saved. She's talking about somebody that just goes to church and I submit to you, there is a difference. Unfortunately, a lot of people don't know there's a difference between just going to church, sitting in the pews and somebody that's born again. See, when you're born again, the Holy Spirit now moves in on the inside of you and conviction begins to happen. You can't do the same things you used to do because of the fact the Holy Ghost won't make you comfortable in sin. 
And so more and more that the Holy Spirit is on the inside of you, he begins convicting you and saying, no, you got to get out of this mess. It's not going to give you the same thrill because he's now a resident on the inside of you. Now, if you can just go out there and sin any old kind of way and there is no conviction, once again, maybe we've discovered the problem. You are a church girl and not someone that is a son or a daughter of the most high God. Long side journey. Now, he says, for a day in thy courts is better than a thousand. He says, I had rather be a doorkeeper in the, he says, a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. Now, when I was growing up, we used this a lot when we were talking about Usher's anniversary. <laughs> this was the scripture that we went to. What's the concept he's trying to get over to you? He says, I would rather be a doorkeeper. I would rather be essentially just a servant that no one recognizes, particularly in any way other than the fact that I'm at the door on guard in God's house than be a premium for right person in the tent of wickedness. And I wonder for so many believers, is that the case for you in your life? That it doesn't matter where I am, I just want to be with God. Watch this, verse 11. Look how this connects. He says, for the Lord God is a son. What does the word son mean essentially here? When we think of the term son, we think of, the, think of it, and it uses S-U-N, son, as in an illumination. Son represents daylight. Son represents drawing energy and strength from the force of what it is. He says, for the Lord God is a son. And then he says, and shield. He is the one, the Bible says, the interest of thy word gives light. He says, spending time essentially with God, he says, you will get revelation, you will get illumination. And then that illumination, that revelation will protect you within life. Then he says, the Lord will watch the term. The person that understands and recognizes that the Lord is a son and he is a shield. He says, that person, the Lord will give grace and glory. Notice how it finishes. Glory to God. I saw this this morning and I, that's why it's not in the slides. He says, the one that recognizes me as a son, the one that recognizes me as their shield, he says the Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from, those, from them that walk, watch the term uprightly. The word grace there is interpreted as the word favor. that coming in here? Okay. <laughs> I understand. It's all good. He says essentially, for the Lord is a son. He says, the Lord will give the word grace there. It's the word favor. So the Lord will give favor and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. Grace is the word favor there. Verse 12 says, O Lord of hosts, blessed is the man that trusteth in thee. Now, I want you to notice how this reads over in the Amplified. It says in verse number 10, it says, 
A single day in your course is better than a thousand anywhere else. I would rather be a gatekeeper in the house of my God than to live the good life in the, in the homes of the wicked. Verse 11 says, the Lord is our son and our shield. I love how the Amplified personifies that. I'm reading out the wrong translation. Let me, let me train real quick. I got everything up this morning. <laughs> That's New Living Translation. Let me try this over here and amplify. Verse number 11, he says, For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord bestows, and he uses the term, grace and favor and honor. He says, No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. Verse 12 says, O Lord of hosts, how blessed and greatly favored is the man who trusts in you, believing in you, relying on you, and committing himself to you with confident hope and expectation. Look how that breaks it open real good. How blessed and how greatly favored, he says, is the man. It's the woman who trusts in you, O oh God, believing in you, relying on you, and committing himself with, uh, to you with confident hope and expectation. King James used the term, no good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly before him. The word good thing comes from uh, this Hebrew word which translated, no welfare will he withhold from him. No prosperity will he withhold from him. No, notice it also means no happiness will he withhold from them. And then it also says no benefit. All of those things are wrapped up in this Hebrew word, good thing, this, this term. He says no welfare, no prosperity, no happiness will he withhold from them. But he says you got to qualify for it from them that walk uprightly before him. The favor of God is released to those who walk uprightly before him. And the reality is, the more we begin to have faith in the favor of God, the more it begins to correct our behavior because we say, no, that's going to hinder my blessedness. That's going to hinder me walking in God's favor if I do things that are not in compliance or in obedience to what he's telling me to do. We've said in the past, and we said to this morning, that favor means delight. It means pleasure. It means goodwill. It means acceptance. Favor, therefore, we've said, is in fact connected to the source or the root, which is the blessing. The blessing is, as we looked at this on the midweek, is it's comprised of two areas for you to be blessed. We looked at the story of Abram, and we understand that Abram is what we define as the personification of what it means when God blesses your life, because he gives them certain things where he says, I'm going to bless you in this area, that area, and that area. And God essentially says in the beginning, before he talks about the blessing on his life, he says, the blessing of my hand on your life comes through your qualifying in these two areas, which is the area of sanctification and obedience. You cannot say, I am blessed of the Lord and be a person that is in walking and operating in disobedience. So you can't say that God's favoring your life if you're walking in disobedience and not walking in sanctification. Sanctification and obedience are essentially the wet and the water, if you will, the wet to the water. They go hand in glove. 
I can't be sanctified and not be obedient. I can't be obedient and not be sanctified. This is the reason why God says, I would prefer that you operate in sanctification over any amount of sacrifice. Obedience is better because of the fact it does require for you to be blessed of the Lord that you are an obedient servant. So I submit to you, and I've said in the past, that the blessing is released within the act of obedience. The blessing of the Lord is released within the act of obedience. The blessing is the empowerment from God to prosper and to function, but it's not to prosper and to function or to function and to prosper anywhere that you want to do so. It is the empowerment of God to function and to prosper within God's determined will. God said to Abram, go where I tell you to go. Do what I tell you to do. And then you will begin to see manifestation of the fact that you are blessed. What is that? The manifestation of the fact that you are blessed is seen through his favor. And so we've said that favor, therefore, produces the opportunities for the blessing to be seen. Favor produces the opportunities for the blessing to be seen. Favor opens the doors, if you will. It puts you in the right place at the right time so that you can see the fact that God's hand is, in fact, on your life. And I continue to say in this teaching, it may not be in the most spectacular way, but it will be supernatural. See, one of the things that the devil oftentimes does is he gets you to a position where you are discouraged. He gets you to a position where you are looking at everything that's going wrong or not in manifestation so that you forget all of the things that God has already done in your life. How many things has he already done? How many ways he's already made for you? How many times did he take care of you in the past? The blessing of God operating on your life, the favor of God producing the opportunities. So we've said before that the blessing is the source favor produces the opportunities. So how does this work? How does this work? God, first, number one, he assigns you. He assigns you go here, do this. He assigns you to a particular place and a purpose. And then the next thing God does when he assigns you is that he blesses you. He empowers you to prosper in the area whereby he has sent you. And so the empowerment to prosper in that area is that he begins to give you opportunities. Opportunities for things to manifest. Opportunity for things to happen in your life. Opportunities for you to be able to show his glory in a specific field of influence that he is giving you. Look over if you will to 2 Corinthians. It's going to be one of those mornings this morning. 2 Corinthians chapter number 5. Favor produces opportunities for the blessing to be seen. 2 Corinthians chapter number 5. Scripture says, out of the King James Version of the Bible, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that which he has done, whether it be good or bad. 
Now let's look at this in the Amplified Version of the Bible. It kind of breaks this out a little bit. It says, for we believers will be called to account and must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. I love the fact that the Amplified Bible gives the context essentially of what chapter 5 is talking about. He's not talking about the world. There is no judgment seat of Christ for those that don't know Jesus. That judgment is real quick. Go be with your spiritual Lord and that's not me. The judgment seat of Christ is for those believers, those that are in the kingdom of God. He says all of us, us that are servants of the king, us that are in the kingdom of God, must us believers are called to give an account. We must appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Watch this. So that each one may repay for what has been done in the body, whether good or bad, that is, each will, watch this, be responsible be held responsible for his actions, purpose, goals, motives, the use and misuse of his time. And notice the last one, opportunities and abilities. See, the day you get born again, God says, I declare the blessing of God is on your life. And the blessing of God on your life produces opportunities in your life. Now, you walking through those opportunities will require that you walk and live by faith. The favor of God is the opportunities that God presents to you. And then when you die and exit this body, God's going to say, you see all of this favor. I'm going to show it to you now. What did you do with it? Did you use my favor for my glory or did you use it for your own glory? Did you use my favor, the opportunities that I gave you in order to bless people or did you just simply bless yourself? Anything that God gives you is intended to be a blessing beyond you. Let's keep going. Psalms 30 and verse number five. Psalms 30 and verse number five says, for his anger endure but for a moment. In his favor is life. Then he says, weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. Now we're used to the latter part, weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. But he says, in his favor is life. In his favor is life. Why it sounds very, it sounds like a correlation between the Lord is your son. He's your illuminating light so that you might weep in the nighttime, but joy when God illuminates this area in your life through his favor, he says joy cometh in the morning. Proverbs chapter eight and verse 35. Let's look at that. Proverbs chapter eight and verse 35 says, for whosoever findeth me findeth life. And shall and shall obtain, notice the term, favor of the Lord. The Amplified says, For whosoever finds me wisdom, finds life, and shall obtain favor of the Lord. So spiritual wisdom is a product of favor. Life is the favor of God. Let's look at another in Proverbs chapter 12 and verse number 1. Proverbs chapter 12 and verse number one. Scripture says, Whosoever loveth instruction, loveth knowledge. But the one, but he, I'm sorry, that hateth reproof is brutish. A good man obtaineth favor of the Lord, but a, but a man of wickedness, or wicked deceives, devices will be condemned. Now that's good. I love how that says that. A good man shall obtain favor of the Lord. But look how it says in the New Living Translation. 
He says, to learn, you must love discipline. To learn, you must love discipline. It is stupid to hate correction. You know, there are a lot of stupid people in the world. They hate correction. Don't tell me nothing. Don't tell me anything. Yeah, look, I want to do me. I want to live my own truth. The scripture says, to learn, you must love discipline. It is stupid to hate correction. The Lord approves, or what does it mean the Lord approves? We've said in the past that the favor of God means God's approval. The Lord approves approves of those who are good, but condemns those who plan wickedness. Let us look at one more. Psalms 44 and verse number three. Psalms 44 and verse number three. The scripture says, our father did not possess the land I've amplified of Canaan by their own sword, nor did their own arm save them. But he says, but your right hand and your arm and the light of your presence because you favored and delighted in them. He says, essentially, our fathers didn't possess the land by the sword. They didn't go into warfare. They didn't possess the land through arms being saved. He says, essentially, the only reason why our fathers possessed the land, I submit to you that he's speaking about Abraham. He didn't go in as a, as a conquering army. He possessed the land by the favor of God, whatever God's called you to. There's so many different methods that you can't get it. There's so many different methods you can utilize. There's so many different tactics you can read in this book. You can look on YouTube. There's so many different things, but you know, God has a tendency to hold all that stuff off to the side from you because God says, the thing that I want to do in your life, I want to be the only one that receives the glory from it. And so for that reason, that's the reason why sometimes God will hold things off until you can only see him. I can't get that to happen. Why? Because God says, I want you to only see me. I can't get this to take place because God says, I only want you to see me so that when it comes to pass in your life, you will lift up your hands and say, it had not been for God, this would not be possible. He says, surely the Lord, you bless the righteous. You surround them with your favor as with a shield out of Psalms 5 and verse number 12. Let's pick up here on Wednesday night, amen? Let's pick up here on Wednesday night. Let's pray. Father, in the authority of the name of Jesus, Lord, we bless you and we praise you for this opportunity to have gotten into your word this morning. Lord, we thank you that we press through even with all of the other things that are going on this morning. We thank you, sir. Thank you, Lord, even in areas where it seems we seem to have the contradiction, God, we choose to trust you. We thank you, Lord, that we rely on you. We trust in you. Our hearts are steadfast in you. And we thank you, Lord, even when it's vague, God, we thank you that we walk in your favor. And so we boldly confess, Lord, we thank you. I thank you, God, I walk in the favor of God. Let's say that. I thank you, God, that I walk in your favor. I thank you, God that I walk in your goodness. Thank you, God, that doors are opening for me. 
opportunities will be presented to me because of your favor. In Jesus' name, amen. Woo, glory. Lord have mercy. If y'all, some of y'all that are watching this, if y'all were here, there's a lot of stuff going on that you can't see. Praise the Lord. Talk about favor. Oh, you get challenged, don't you? Amen. Well, it's giving time. Praise the Lord. Amen, amen. Let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 9. I am tickled at times because I, I watched some of the playbacks and everything, and I know some of the stuff that was going on. As I said before we started going live, in recording sometimes you don't feel like your favorite but I tell you what <laughs> sometimes you can tell that your favorite based on the attacks because I mean if you if you weren't making an impact there wouldn't be a challenge but when you look at some of the challenges and everything I guess sometimes you know you know because sometimes you only see what's going on naturally but oh, if you could look in the realm of the spirit, every time you make a step in faith, you're making an assault against the kingdom of darkness. And so what you see as insignificant, the devil sees as a blatant defiance against what he's trying to do in the community and even in the family. And so, so many times God says, I want you to just stay in my will. Stay in my secret place because when you don't see something, I'm still doing something. When nothing is changing, God says, your act of faith has correspondence that go beyond you. One of our acts of faith is, the Bible says, that we need to sow where God tells us to sow. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse number 6 says, But this I say, which he which soweth sparingly shall also reap sparingly. And he that soweth bountifully shall also reap bountifully. He says, verse number seven, every man according as he has purpose in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or out of necessity. For God loves a cheerful giver. And then obviously a cheerful giver must be someone that's not grudgingly giving or giving out of necessity. He says, for the person that is giving with a cheerful heart, he says, verse number eight, and God is able to make all grace abound towards you that ye always having all sufficiency, all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. Verse 10 says, he that ministers seed to the sower, both ministers bread for your food and multiplies your seed sown and increase the fruit of your righteousness. He said he ministers, verse 10, seed to the sower. Now the issue that we have a lot of times is we look at the seed and we think that's the harvest. When God says, if it ain't enough, that's seed. I've given you seed so that you can plant the seed what I tell you to plant the seed because your harvest is more than enough. It's that all grace may abound to you that you having all sufficiency for all things may abound to every good work. So if I don't have enough, then what you have in your hands is seed. 
And you are now responsible, watch this, for the opportunity, you have the opportunity to plant the seed where God tells you to plant your seed. And God says your act of obedience will allow for you being blessed to be a manifestation in your life. Three ways that you can sow into the training center. One way is by way of our cash app, dollar sign one TTC. Second way is by way of mail, which is the training center, PO Box, 2358 Gastonia, North Carolina, 28053. And last but definitely not least, you can show is by way of our website, which is the www.thetrainingcenter-church.org. All three ways will be received by this ministry. We thank God for those that have sown online and those that are sowing live in the house. And we thank you for whatever way that you sow into this ministry. And we thank God for your obedience to the Spirit of God. You are, in fact, helping to keep things moving forward. Every seed that's sown into this house, we thank God for your obedience. Church, let us set ourselves in agreement with those that are sowing on this morning. Father, we just thank you and we give you praise. We give you glory that you give seed to the sower. And so, Lord, we thank you that we are cheerful, prompt to do it givers, and we take our seed and put it into the hands of the anointed. We thank you, Lord, as we do so, that you open the windows of heaven and pour us out a blessing in which there's not room enough to receive. We thank you, Lord, as we put our seed into the hands of the anointed, that you would indeed rebuke the devourer for our sake. We thank you, Lord, as we put our seed into the hands of the anointed, we give you praise, Lord, that you make all grace abound towards us. We thank you, Lord, that we understand and we begin to understand the correlation of grace being favor. That, Lord, as we place our seed in your hand, that you'll make the favor of God abound towards us. Thank you, Lord, for your favor. Thank you, Lord, for your grace. Thank you, Lord, for taking care of us financially. And we give you praise and we give you glory. And we thank you, Lord, that we believe we receive our harvest in Jesus' name. We speak to our seed and say, seed, go and grow and bring forth a harvest in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, unless you need personal prayer or ministry, you may be dismissed. Praise the Lord.